Welcome to We Do, the officially unofficial podcast for Watchmen on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're one of just 39 podcasts answering the question, who watches the Watchmen? Uh, we did watch the Watchmen, that's for sure. Uh, watched the first episode. It's summer and we're running out of ice, Aaron. Uh, after we did the instant take, how has your opinion evolved? I like, I mean, I really liked the episode when I first watched it, and I think I like it more. I was because uh, I, one of the big criticisms I had of, or not even criticisms, the one thing I was worried about is that this might be just a little too matchy matchy, just like it's our world, like through a looking glass, you know, through, through a, a funhouse mm-hmm. mirror. And you just like, you know, black is white and good is bad and corrupt is, uh, in, you know, it's like just just flip everything. And, and that felt a little too lazy. But I feel like they are like the comic book engaging in a lot of, you know, moral gray area because it's not mm-hmm. just you have, uh, you know, militant black police officers uh, um, going against like these far right wing racial supremacist right there's also this this element that uh the racists actually have a correct understanding of a very important event in the world <laughs> right um uh-huh. and, th- and but but they they run with that maybe a little too in the wrong direction let's say yeah and the and the and the cops who are the court you know the you, you think of as the good guys are mm-hmm. just this is this is some East German fascist shit that's going on in this yeah. world where it's like, yeah, the cops have like muzzles on their our weapons. But mm-hmm. like, again, I don't know what the rules are on the, the, the masks, but they don't have any fucking restrictions like that. And no. there's no, no lawyers you provide. I mean, a lot of chilling stuff. So it's like, it's not just that already from what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot more nuanced and um, I don't know. I mean, that that's my opinion. I'm sure there's some people could say it's still hackier. They're disappointed. They're hoping it went further, but I don't know. Cause the, uh, about it going further because it, it seems like, uh, it's really pissed off. Um, some of the piss offable por- portions of the internet. Oh yeah. I mean, I, as soon as I heard what this show was about uh-huh. and that it was going to open with this, uh, black wall street scene, right. I was like, this is going to be divisive as fuck. Right. You know, I, and that's the point of this yeah. thing. Like, if you thought you were going to get out of this particular show without having your feelings hurt mm-hmm. or your opinions challenged, you're watching the wrong show. Sure. So I I, I just think uh, I was looking on Rotten Tomatoes just before we started, and and uh, the Watchmen as a series uh, boasts a 96% critical fresh rating and a 48% audience rating. <laughs> <laughs> and you just go through all the one-star reviews or just like, they've ruined watching with politics. And I'm like, man, the Watchmen is many things, but apolitical, get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here. So, yeah. but yeah, if you, if you, if you thought that the Watchmen was just uh, uh dark superheroes beating the shit out of people and you walked away thinking Rorschach was the quote unquote good guy or what were you saying you, you read someone's he's the, the moral compass the moral of the compass. show which blew my fucking mind that you would say that yeah like i i uh, is it possible to come up with a good faith reading of the watchman and come away from that or is that a person that's never read the watchman and has just watched it's some... someone who ignored every bad thing he said about gay people yeah in that entire fucking comic or a lot of people I, I saw a lot of people on reddit getting hung up on the fact that like uh rorschach uh has been reframed as a white supremacist and like the old but i mean that's, that's he... not actually true like the 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 people who have those tendencies have run with his ethos right 
and and turned it into that. He's right. now a symbol for you know right. white supremacy because they've made him that, not yeah. because he was that. Yeah. And 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 if Rorschach wasn't in fact a racist, and there's very little direct evidence that he you know many things he's he's a homophobe. Yeah. He's yeah. he's bigoted in other things. He hates fucking hates women. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, he's that's like the like one of the only check boxes he doesn't check off in like a far right, you know, yeah. kind of radical mindset. So and it may like, just be because that was a, a, an error of omission, right? Like, well, plus I, I maybe that's supposed to be there, but it just didn't make it into the comic book. So, well, you also know, I mean, this is something if you didn't read the comic, maybe even recently, but some of those, some of the. Um, the extra informations between each, you know, that like, you know, government dossier shit. There was some mm, clippings yeah. from the actual newspaper, the New Frontiersman. And it's like their political cartoons are super fucking racist. Mm. Uh, the the editor like stumps for the KKK. So like this is Rorschach's oh, yeah. favorite journal. Uh-huh. I mean, like you I guess draw it's, some inferences. Perhaps, it, it, it's, yeah. it's not coming out of nowhere. And also just just even if they like if they took his base framework and perverted it into white supremacy, exactly. it's like that's also yeah. a perfectly believable thing to, mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah, and it seems like that could be what happened. There, there are these things called the PD files, which we're going to go oh, into. Yes. Uh, which I, I almost don't want those words to leave my mouth. It sounds too close to pedophile. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's not yeah. intentional, is it? It could be. It's a Rorschach. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, there was the whole thing with Rorschach and that girl that sure. he saved or or was hunting and didn't save. Um, so maybe PD, PD, the, the the PD file the PD is like. Is, is is because he seems like he's uh i don't know i don't know what to think about him after yeah. reading his files if you don't know what we're talking about uh, hbo's got a promotional website called the pdfiles.com mm-hmm. and they purport to be like excerpts from this agent in the fbi special agent on the anti-vigilante task force mm-hmm. uh his like thoughts on the disappearance of ozymandias um there is a news clipping from a re-release of this black marshall film from the beginning there's a whole bunch of just extra material that like i i don't know how they're framing it it's been recovered from this fbi agent or whatever it goes uh quite a ways into explaining why the technology is not where we expect it in 2019 which i was happy to see and i'm the thing is is i'm i so it's a lot of great world building because i don't Mm -hmm. know that you we needed to get the answers for like why does the world not adopted cell phones and internet that seems crazy yeah um but it's cool that they built them in and it'd be even cooler if they find some way to fold this information back into the -hmm. storytelling of the tv show and and we'll talk about it Okay. Um, in in pretty uh, pretty close up detail yeah. here pretty soon yeah uh, but for now why don't we get into the recap before we get any further I got to do some housekeeping for bald move and there is so much house to keep I'm gonna have to do it like micro machines a commercial guy fashion we're also still doing Rick and Morty uh, we're at season three Tales from the Citadel we have an amazing guest Gustavo Sarola from Rooster Teeth to break down all of our hip evil Morty theories. Uh, Cecily and I are still doing American Horror Stories Season 9, 1984. If you want to get some October spook on, it's safe to jump in at this season because it's anthology. None of the previous seasons mattered. Also, Cecily and I are doing the Cinema Spooktacular, our third annual installment to Search for Spook. Volume 2 just came out over the weekend, talking about Tallgrass, Sleepaway Camp, and Crawl. Jim and I are covering the final season of Mr. Robot with episodes released on Wednesdays. Check it out on the 2-bit encryption feed. Cecily and Alexis of Pin Y fame will be covering his dark materials on Bald Move TV for us starting on November 4th. This week, they're going to be releasing a review of the 2007 Golden Compass movie as a sort of shakedown cruise. A bald movie in my Bald Move TV feed? <gasps> Shocked Pikachu face. And that's all the housing that got kept. 
We start off with a silent movie opening sequence of Bass Reeves arresting a corrupt sheriff, which transitions into the 1921 massacre of the black people in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Amidst the carnage, some parents hide their child away in a carriage, and this carriage takes off, but it's overturned, uh, and the battered child awakes later that night to find himself all alone with the dead except for a baby, which he finds crying in the grass. Uh, This... This is affecting. This opening yes. is very affecting. Yes, it's it's really. I mean, it's very effective to see like you know the innocence uh, of this young boy being shattered, and go from like you know just just uh, ultimate bliss of you know watching one of his heroes on the big screen to having the the ultimate like looking glass perversion of that worldview confront him on the outside. Um, yeah, and it seems, by all accounts, to be a pretty accurate representation of what happened there with the, I, the bombings. I and couldn't the... substantiate the player piano, uh, but like damn near everything else was like the the, the depiction of the looting, um, the you know persecution of like the firefighters to keep them from like actually doing their job, um, the, even down to like a potential photograph that they used of a child standing in the street with a, a baby in his arms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, you know, we see obviously uh, portrayed at the end of this scene, but also during the carnage, during the chaos, there's a child standing in the street holding yeah. a baby. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's really good. I did uh, some more reading about the... Because some of these things are incredible, like the fact that they were, you know, bo- bombing this place with, with planes and shooting from rifles. And... Um, that they mentioned that, uh, like in the contemporary uh, articles of the time, the white uh, the the white attackers are claiming that the air patrol was for like you know in case there was a, a Negro uprising and it was just for reconnaissance. But I found out that uh, this this William Simmons, who is a Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, was appointed head of the Air Knights Division in May twentieth, nineteen twenty one. Uh, this is in Oklahoma. Um, the organization was described as a fraternal organization of former Air Force officers. Ten days later, they're bombing Tulsa, Oklahoma, the black neighborhoods of Tulsa, Oklahoma. So it's like, wow, Seems this feels pretty fucking orchestrated. Yeah. yeah. Like they were like looking for an excuse to, to mm-hmm. do something like this. Um, there's also a really interesting note um, when, well, literally the note that uh, "Watch over this boy" was written. Did you did you did you catch this? It's written mm-hmm. on the back of a piece of war, uh, World War One uh, Germany uh, German propaganda. Okay, yeah, I didn't dig into it. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a it was in English and it was uh, entitled "To All Colored Soldiers of the States" and it said, "You've been told a bunch of lies about Germany that we shoot." Um, uh, uh, prisoners of war on site that we mistreat them that we don't feed them or house them and it's like essentially that all that's not true all the white people in your army hate you come to germany and chill out for the rest of the war as a way to kind of like break the morale of the of the black troops fighting in, in the war hmm. uh so i thought that's interesting also framing um his uh this this, this uh, child's father as like world war one soldier i saw that too mm-hmm. that that was like um you know, when the so this all started over an accusation of a white woman that she was uh, sexually assaulted by a black uh, black boy, 19 year old. Um, and this had been brewing over the course of a couple of days of increasing calls for mob violence. And like there is like the black community is kind of split on what to do. You had a whole bunch of young servicemen for World War One being like, fuck, we still got our <laughs> weapons and stuff. Let's take care of this. And then you had the wealthier black businessmen 
that were like, I, we kind of want to keep a cooler head. And um, then the, the result is uh, what we see here on the screen. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm glad I caught the parallels to the Superman um, comic book story too, because like everybody has been, was discussing this in the next day or two. The yeah. fact that, you know, Tulsa was depicted as this Kryptonian utopia mm-hmm. that he's escaping. Um, what Superman famously has a baby uh, mm-hmm. that he carts around. He does. Him. He does. He, it's, uh, that was Superboy turned up. Uh-huh. He was Superman. Um, the also th- I thought it was an interesting thing that Hooded Justice in the comics is stated to start his crime fighting career in 1938, which is when Superman debuted huh. in the real world. Okay. So it's like it's even real. It's like I love that the the parallels are really tightly knit, knitted together there. Yeah, keep the the kid in mind here and the note and everything in mind because we're going to be talking about Hooded Justice. I get the feeling mm-hmm. a little later in this episode. But uh, there's a lot of great visual details. Like I the 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 little boy like hunkered down in a box as the bullets are whizzing through, and him looking yeah. at just the absolute savagery through those bullet holes. Um, him with the child looking back over his in, in his arms, looking back over this uh, uh, his shoulder, and just like the entire horizon is on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, even uh, so, someone pointed out on Reddit that like he had a streak of blood on his head. This is very similar to the comedian's you know button with the blood drip. That that, that that's all throughout the episode. There's so many references to that, but that's yeah. an early first one. And I I love how they're using those visual themes to tie this back to the source material. Yeah, you you could almost see this as the instigating moment, right? Because you think of the Watchmen um, and the instigation for the whole comic book and movie is the death of the comedian. Mm -hmm. You could almost see this as the inciting event of of everything that's to come later, right? Yeah, it's it's all back to faces with blood smeared on it. All right, then we transition to modern day and a member of the 7th Cavalry is pulled over. The cop wants to arrest him, so he goes to his car to request his weapon be unlocked. It's too late, though. And he's gunned down in his car. And he's hit with a head of lettuce. Which I don't understand the meaning of. I don't either. I did notice on the second watch that when... Because I thought this guy was just dead. And yeah. was shocked that he was living in the, newspaper, or in the newspaper. Shocked that he was living in the hospital. But when the guy throws the lettuce, it hits the officer. And he kind of goes like... Oh! And then you can kind of tell that he's alive. But either faking death or in shock. Or I, I don't know. Maybe he's... Fallen bald move rule number one. Yeah, play dead. If you're ever shot up and it's bad, just fucking play dead. Don't mm-hmm. don't wiggle around and try to attract attention that you're not. So maybe it's <laughs> a successful uh, employment of that that rule. Maybe uh, he was just in shock. But um, yeah, I, I did have a hard time believing he could survive that many gunshots, even if he's wearing a vest. I, I saw quite a bit of blood. Uh, what's the response time on something like that? Because he said, "Yeah, we're all good." Mm-hmm. Are the cops monitoring like his dash cam or something from afar? Well, or... they don't have wireless technology. But they so... do. I mean, you can you can look at like the the well. I guess if you've got communications gear, I find it hard to believe you don't have video uh, transmittal gear. Hmm. Right, because I... I know they're communicating between Archie and the ground in the cow scene. Yeah, video a voice, sure, mm-hmm. but like there's fundamentally no difference. Yeah, but like. I... <sighs> I don't know because before the internet, if you wanted to do like a, a transmit, like you, you've seen the local news wagons, like at those mm-hmm. that, that giant transmitter tower, yeah, like that's how you transmit video. You have to have like big special equipment. I thought it's not like you can you just have like a fucking certainly. rubber ducky antenna and uh-huh. breaker breaker four six nine or here comes a 
full 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 video 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 i don't know okay yeah i mean sure it's I know the bandwidth fact, exists not in enough EM you can't spectrum. send video images through the air there's never yeah, been can't and, happen and it's Does gotta go happen. through wi-fi or cellular network right. Anyway, this, this is all going a very long way to patch over what I think is a rocky bit of the episode. Because mm. I don't buy that this guy survived, but yeah, he did. Well, I mean, is he wearing a vest or something? Because that's but, yeah, but vests only does so much. Yeah, and he, I saw a lot of blood drilled. in that car. He got hit with like twenty bullets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Anyway, I find it ironic that this guy in the opening scene, in the opening part of this scene, is rocking out to what you could, what you should call a black man's music, mm-hmm. like made by black man uh and this fucking asshole this racist fuck is sitting there rocking out to it like like he's got any right to <laughs> i know it's it's like it's an interesting detail but it doesn't seem implausible you know no absolutely not yeah i agree with that it was just ironic yeah yeah for sure for sure uh and there's a lot of uh subtle world building here i guess like with with cameras and the releasing of the guns um the battery we, powered, we come back to later battery powered cars like all the cars in this uh yeah. with rare this now um the seventh cavalry guy seemed like it was a retrofit because his get his like uh yeah the gas gauge on empty exactly but he's got this like tacked on like battery gauge so mm-hmm. i think that's interesting and he's got to be hauling something other than lettuce right i mean yeah. what's the I think it's, it's unless he it's, just knows he's caught and he so he's the same guy to get suicide pilled later on this episode so okay. i think i'm imagining he's hauling what what just bushels and bushels of uh wristwatches i guess so with old manhattan batteries in them mm-hmm. uh but like shit i would have showed the, i would have showed the cop that <laughs> yeah is it illegal what are you hauling? Those i'm hauling or... old time pieces it's a hobby of mine like yeah nothing fucking illegal about it but you know then again maybe not keep your rorschach mask mm-hmm. in your glove compartment right next to the license and registration that all right. cops will ask if you get pulled over like jesus dude yeah um maybe maybe not take any seventh cavalry paraphernalia with you at all maybe when not you're when be you're, a part of the Seventh Cavalry at all? Well, I mean, yeah, if you, that's that's probably his er mistake. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. that's that's the 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 um, the, the big one. But uh, yeah, the, don't try to break more than one law at a time. Like, mm-hmm. don't have your 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 clan paraphernalia and your harmless mishmash pile of battery included merchandise. You know, because there's nothing wrong with hauling that. I wouldn't think so. Uh, I, I will say it's curious that the that the response or I guess not the response, but the aftermath of whatever white knight that uh, sister Knight mentions mm-hmm. um, where the cops were attacked, she was shot and, um, and all that seems to have led to the restriction of weapons. I would not think that would be an inevitable outcome of an event like that. I would think almost it would have the opposite effect to where, you know, the police force would be more militant, more, well, maybe that's a compromise. Like, okay, you guys want to wear masks, mm-hmm. but we're going to restrict your 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 uh, ability to use deadly force. Hmm. I could see that as a as a compromise. Now, in the real world, do I think it? No, I think the, the cops would keep their like. If there's a big like hunting of cops, I think they would yeah. get the masks and the guns. But it's an interesting compromise. Or the other thing I was wondering if maybe. There's another reason that the cops have to get gun authorization and the white knight pro- like is not not related like that that's before gotcha. th- you know like maybe that there's like some kind of 
riots in the early 2000s where cops got out of hand comedian style and well a lot of it seems to be um a consequence of robert redford as president which maybe we'll get to here in a second why do you um, say that well he's he's a notable in this world liberal president oh okay, oh, okay. so and, and he's, he's been in power for 30 years that he's just you know pushing yeah. liberal policies like right okay right and, and a lot of the complaints of the seventh cavalry are about the liberal right. president pushing liberal agendas right uh, one of those things being gun control well and a constant theme in the 80s like you know there's a whole genre of vigilante porn in the 70s and 80s like you know yeah uh what's that one with um death mark or that um oh, the charles bronson movie yes that's exactly like yeah. and, and dirty hair is all this theme of like oh this those liberals are soft on crime yeah making worse and worse criminals i mean like, it's everybody chuck norris was doing that everybody's yeah. doing that i shit. mean robocop is essentially that mm-hmm. same story is like if you soft on criminals you're gonna it's so it's it was definitely it, it's, it's something interesting in the the milieu of the of the watchman's culture and how yeah. like that's the that's the that's the intoxicating thing it's like we know 30 years have elapsed we know the world is weird and it's got squid storms mm-hmm. what what and it doesn't have the internet what else what what else are we going to find out about it uh we're going to find out that oklahoma is still playing well, of course know. it is yeah has been has been performed around the world numerous times from the time that uh, this this dude was a teenager uh-huh. until now, I'm sure even before then. But has there ever been a Black Oklahoma? Uh, apparently, yeah. I know she refers to it as Black Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're we're treated to this part of the stage play. The chief of police is sort of pulled out of this play to deal with the cop shooting. We find out that he's alive, uh, and there's a mirror masked man who we will. I think they call him Looking Glass in this. I'm not sure yeah. if they ever say it. They say LG, LG a couple of times. LG right. Yeah, but that's Looking Glass. Uh, he tells him they can't find the suspect, and the chief wonders why the 7th Cavalry is starting this shit up again, mm-hmm. as he says. Um, but also the chief's kind of like pumping the brakes on it, too. It's like, you know, maybe, yeah, it probably is, but we don't want to start a war yeah. over this. Yeah. Um, I also like the, um, the casual dehumanizing of like using his face as a mirror. Like, hey, pull your face uh-huh. down so I can uh, straighten my tie. Well, I like that he calls it his face because that's what Rorschach yeah. referred to his mask as, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm clearly they're wanting me to draw a parallel between this guy yes. and and Rorschach, mm-hmm. but it does seem like I mean I I didn't get to hint that like uh, Looking Glass is anything but like true blue for mm-hmm. you know getting to the bottom of uh, the Seventh Cavalry stuff in a way that like obviously you're supposed to doubt. Um, Don Johnson's Judd's true intentions towards towards the matter, right? Yeah. So like, I, I mean, Looking Glass and and Red and Sister Knight, they're all they're all like the Minutemen, right? These are yeah. officially sanctioned uh, vigilantes, right? That the government employs to do the things that the cops can't do. So I wonder if we're going to see like uh, you know because that was Rorschach. Uh, one of the things happening in the background of the Watchmen is telling the story of Rorschach started as like a good vigilante mm-hmm. and then. Through repetitive, you know, through him being radicalized by stuff like the New Frontiersman and just his experience with violent criminals, he, uh, you know, lost his 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 grip on right and wrong. Right, I'm not even sure if that's true. He just brutalized and killed a lot of criminals. Uh, I wonder if they're telling the same stories. Like this guy is like start going to start off as like a good vigilante, and then, yeah. you know, is he going to sympathize with the Seventh Cavalry is, is well. No, I mean the the story of Rorschach is one of going after bad guys. Like clearly, yeah. these were bad people who well, no, were th- doing bad things. But, but, but his his 
means were a little more radical than the ends justified, right? But what would it do to a guy like that to find out your boss, who's a police chief, possibly involved yeah. in the things that you're trying to fight against? Like, yeah. what would that do to your morality you. or what you're the, what you see as um, good and virtuous versus feudal? I don't. Mm -hmm. I think that might be something they they explore with this character. Yeah, and we still don't know the full uh, involvement or level of agency of these these vigilantes. Mm -hmm. um, the what are we calling them? The Watchmen? I mean, are they, they the Watchmen? Don't they call masks? Like, isn't that yeah, what they we call, call them masks. in, in, sure. in, uh, in Watchmen, I think? Uh huh. Yeah, we still don't know exactly their role in this yeah. whole society. So. What are their rules of engagement? Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, they're they're using his face as a mirror throughout this episode, sort of holding up um, in a in a sort of Rorschach Rorschach's Shack esque way. It's hard mm -hmm. to say. Uh, you know, holding a mirror up to these these bad guys and saying, "What do you look see? at yourself? What do you see?" Like, it's it's not what do you see in this image, it, but it does reflect you, right? That's the whole thing of the Rorschach. It reflects right. your mental state. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then it's showing you that, mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. Uh, so the chief has to tell the wife of the shot cop what happened. He makes some inquiries about how they kept his status as a cop secret. And they get their story straight, and then he tries to comfort her briefly. That's another thing I found fascinating, the fact that, like, all police have to have cover stories. Yeah. Like... Like a baker. Yeah, or or I work nights at the local gym, or, like... Um, you would think there would just be so many stories of, like, uncovered cops, just constantly. That's what I'm talking about. I was trying to think of how does that work. So, like, it's a... No, I guess that all checks out if you're supposed to be someplace else, but, like, does anyone ever check, or... Uh, it just seems like it's it would be hard to keep up that double life and there'd have to be a whole bunch of official covers and like you know what if they what what if someone finds out that the bakery doesn't have an act of, you know it's been coming soon for five years yeah. like when the journey like how the, i'm just wondering at the mechanics of how all this like massive witness protection agency but they're active duty cops how that actually works mm -hmm. um it seems like maybe mistakes do happen and um, just because of the officer's humanity and then not having perfect op uh, operational security, it's a big concern yeah. that they that they don't observe all the security because like there's a lot of like, did you tell anybody or did anyone? Have... So and yet the chief of police just showing his face everywhere. I want so I do believe your that 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 what you said in the the instant cast is correct. That obviously that he's he's somehow compromised by these racists and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it also wouldn't surprise me that that's another compromise of these like mass cops is like their top cop has to be someone has to ultimately be held accountable for the actions of a police. Right. Hmm. So this guy, okay. like that's the part of the being police. And the, yeah. the benefit is you, you live in this giant mansion compound and you're guarded by like several dozen police officers mm -hmm. day and night. But like, you do have to have that accountability. It is amazing. He just goes out in public, like to, mm -hmm screenings of oklahoma or live yeah. showings of oklahoma risky yeah and then you wonder how much of that is him working because it would also not surprise me actually let's talk about that later when it when let, let the theories about like who he was working for and all that let's let, okay wait wait until the man dies before we start talking <laughs> ill of him <laughs> all right uh that's what you're supposed to do right wait for someone to die yes. and then you talk shit about them absolutely because then they can't do anything back it's, it's perfect it's it's uh it's a nice axiom <laughs> 
We're getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. All right, so it's bring your parents to school day, and Angela Abar, mm-hmm. uh, Abar, I don't exactly know how to say her name. She's a baker. She's te- teaching the class how to make mooncakes, uh, which is this Bon Via, or, or yeah, Bon Via uh, Vietnamese thing. She gets a little too detailed in her explanation of why she retired from the police force, and then a student asks if, quote-unquote, Redfordations paid for the bakery she currently owns, which causes her son to get up and attack the student. And I'm going to kind of pause there because there's a lot of shit that happens Okay. in these next couple of scenes. Uh, we find out at the beginning of this that, or I guess at the end of this, that Dr. Manhattan is currently on Mars. Yes. And he's fucking around with some model of, let's, let's call him Ozymandias. Okay. I'm not 100% certain on that, but Ozymandias Castle mm-hmm. that we'll see later. He's and this is live he's... footage, so it is happening right now. Right, right. Because um... I was wondering about that in the instant take, like, is, is this, you know historical footage from from years ago no no it's not um there's a lot of interesting things happening you've you got another mm-hmm. of the uh comedian badge references with the, her separating the yolks and kind of arranging them into a smiley face and one of the one of the eggs had uh what do you call that thing in the in the yolk it's a it will turn into a chicken fetus if you let it <laughs> a pre-chicken embryo uh, it, it's a little streak of blood is what it looks like. So it's oh, like, okay. it's, it's like a, a perfect reference to the badge. Um, but she also is, it's the, what the, the things she's saying, I think is yeah. funny too, that like, you know, building strong walls. Um, but if these whites are even touch a yoke, they mm-hmm. completely crumble and dissolve. Uh, if they come into contact with the yokes, the whites can't be strong. So they ought to be separated. Like, it's very, very on-the-nose stuff, and I'm like, yeah. 
it it seems almost too on the nose and broad for what the rest of the episode's doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely of a piece. Um, uh-huh. I, I spent two hours maybe last night reading through Ta-Nehisi Coates' uh, mm-hmm. Case for Reparations, mm-hmm. and coming away from that, hearing these lines, I'm like, oh well, I see where Linda. I see what Lindelof's getting at. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. quite obvious. Sure, sure. Uh, it may be too obvious. You might be right. But that's the thing, because I, I having, I, you know, read that piece as well as some of his other books, like maybe uh, I'm just too primed for it and it's like jumping off the page. It could be, yeah. Because I think like if you don't know anything about Black Wall Street, which I didn't, right? I, I didn't even know it was a thing, uh, and you don't really know much about like the history of, of black modern history of black people in America, uh-huh. then you could end up coming away from this going, what, they're talking about egg whites. Right, right. But nah, I don't know. But it's pretty fucking obvious. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to sit like a, a, a random array of like high school freshmen, <laughs> watch the scene. What do you think they're saying, guys? Yeah. Uh, there's some things to note here about uh, Angela's backstory, mm-hmm. uh, where she grew up. In, in Vietnam, yep. um, there's some overt references to that, which we'll talk about later. Uh, there is a mention of a white knight, as mm-hmm. we discussed briefly. I assume that has something to do with the attack on the cops, mm-hmm. uh, though we don't get much information about it. Did you... So, I want to talk about this here. Uh, so, she was born in Vietnam uh, several years okay. before it became the 51st state, which was... So it's, it's, this is like during the Vietnam War, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. or maybe just afterwards. Uh, did you see the theory that Angela might be the comedian's daughter? Like that, the, you know, there's a Vietnamese woman that a woman that the comedian impregnates in this series, and then I he shoots he her. her. Yeah. But then the last scene is like Manhattan, Doctor Manhattan, kind of looking thoughtfully at her body, and there's a theory that like he oh, somehow God. through his Manhattan powers mm-hmm. saved the baby, and she was adopted, which would also explain why she's passionate about adopting other children. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Maybe. I don't know. I think I don't I don't know how I like I don't know what I think about it because, you know, the comedian's white and the Vietnamese mm-hmm. lady was, was Vietnamese. So unless they're gonna retcon her in being a black woman. Yeah. And I thought one of the things I guess I'm taking for granted is that Damon Lindelof meant what he said that he's not gonna actually change anything about the comic book. Okay. Uh, oh, but there's yeah. a little problem with that in, in Hood of Justice we'll talk about later too, or where I think they're mm-hmm. going in Hood of Justice. Okay. So but I don't I, know. There, I, there's so much around Vietnam. If yeah. you if you go look at the PD files, mm-hmm. uh, there's so much there that we'll need to talk about when it comes to Ozymandias. But but the, the theory about the the Doctor Manhattan saving Angela from the womb of a dead Vietnamese woman, I yeah. I don't like it from a standpoint of like, you know, Yoda doesn't have to be a great friend of Chewbacca. Okay. You know, not everything needs Anakin to connect. Anakin doesn't have to invent mm-hmm. C3PO. Yeah. Uh and there's already a lot of connections between the old series and new series living characters whatnot. Like if literally everything is connected. Mm-hmm. And they've already done descendant of the mask becomes a mask, right? I mean, yeah. so Spectre is that. So. Yeah. 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 I I don't know. It might be a little too cute and it doesn't quite line up. Sure. Uh, and then red predations is also mentioned as a thing here, um, and obviously you can sort of infer that there were some form of reparations paid. And I think I think it was in the form of 
on of not having to pay taxes. That's yeah. I saw some people, and I'm like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, right. And the reason they call them Redfordation is because President Robert Redford is the one who uh, right distributed those. Right. Um. I so why? I, I, so, you, yeah, because like when I think of reparations, I think there's some kind of cash settlement paid out to somebody. And yeah, I get... so one of the things is the question that when they're in the pod, the question mm-hmm. that uh, Looking Glass asks this 7K guy, uh, one of the questions is, do you think all Americans should pay taxes? And he answers, yes, I believe. See, I just like, you know, knowing which, which some is of the... part of that, you know, right. the the racism um that he detects in there it's possible but like um when if you if you hang around like really far right um areas like really extreme branches of libertarian um like sovereign citizen types they think that like taxation is theft and mm-hmm. and, and and illegal and yeah. unconstitutional and there is a fucking takeover by admiral admiralty law of the constitution back in the late 18th century and uh, you know so they, they get worked up about it and i thought it's like like a test for that it's kind of like mm-hmm. a you know um sure. what are your views on a bunch of different things i i never even connected that like he would be irate that black people aren't paying taxes because they're black yeah but that does also make sense it could be yeah there, there was one other thing that i can't remember that might have tied it to that but i found it a little more dubious hmm. um yeah so i don't know i'm i'm interested to see president robert redford i know he's going to be in this series at is some he point. really because I read yeah, conflicting yeah. things. Oh, you did? Yeah. It was just people saying that he, uh, you know, uh, very publicly retired from acting. Oh, yeah. But then they said he came out of retirement to do this. Oh, did? So, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I'm hoping at least. Actually, in this scene, you see him. There's a sign in the background. Well, but like if it's if if, if it's stock footage of him. Yeah. Like, is it's not it... even stock. It's a it's just a photograph. Right. That's what but, I'm but saying. They say like four important presidents and they show Washington, Lincoln, right. Nixon. Right. And or if they Redford. get Robert Redford just waving at people from a crowd as flashbulbs yeah. are going off and say, pre- like, is that him coming out of retirement? Yeah, not really. <laughs> like Carrie Fisher, you know, you could have just got a candidate of him in his swimming pool in his backyard. Yeah, like, yeah, and then Photoshop the face on a I, I suit. See, I was thinking like Carrie F- Fisher and Peter Cushing in, in Star Wars. Does that mean they're unretired yeah. from being dead? Mm-hmm. Like no. officially? No, they're they're looking for work right now. Yep. All right, Angela and her son talk about why he attacked the student. Suddenly, this alarm goes off, and tiny squids rain down from the sky for about ten seconds. They clean their windshield and they head off home. I noticed on su- subsequent watches that the cars, like they park in all kind of like this pell mell, like helter skelter fashion on the road. And when they sh- do the wide shots, it looks like the early scenes from like the leftovers. Okay. Like some kind of apocalypse is, yeah. is, is hit. Because I mean, this these cars have been abandoned. Yeah. So leftovers, right? Yeah. I mean, this random event that comes out of nowhere for us as viewers. Uh, yeah, it's. It gave me strong leftovers vibes, and I really liked it. But it's also great world building because this is mm-hmm. not like a freak thing. This is nope. somewhat routine to the fact that people have their special alarms for it. Yeah, they got special squid squeegees. The cities have squid removal trucks. Like, <laughs> it's uh, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, do we think that this is a, something that's happening because of some runaway genetic engineering that? Uh, Vite did with the uh, psychic right. squid attack this or weakening of the dimensional membrane or whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know about that, but like if because because he did he was a world class genetic engineer and mm-hmm. that psychic squid was some kind of like fucking freakish uh, genetic project he did. Mm-hmm. Like if that got into the wild and just making 
you know, storm squids versus the government actually spraying it out from a high altitude mm-hmm. plane. Like, the, well, I get what I'm getting is, is this like this fallout from the fake alien attack or is this the or government this new cover up actually knowing what's up and yeah. preserving the fragile peace by keep, by scaring people every now and then? It's a good question. I So if you look in those PD files, PD clearly does not think that this was a manufactured event, right? I don't think so. I think you could, I think people were interpreting in the places I've seen this being discussed, were interpreting uh, some of his statements going both ways. But my read was that, no, he thinks that the squid attacks are real. And the people who would claim that they're not, that they're a vast conspiracy. That they're uh, kooks. By Vite, yeah, they're kooks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And and he lays a lot of that at the feet of Rorschach, obviously. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, I, I assume clearly with, you know, seven to nine more, I don't remember how many episodes we're going to get. Um, we're going to get a lot more info on this. And th- that's one of the hooks that Lindelof always has is that mystery, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, this is the big one. Got to know where the stinky squid are coming from. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, how do you clean those off the roof of your house? I was thinking that too. Like, like the you sun's can, just gonna you, bake those fuckers. You can on spray there. spray them off the sidewalks. The the kid stuff. Yeah, yeah. Get that out of your storm drains. Get that shit out uh, of your shingles. Yeah. Maybe they have uh, squid resistant shingles now. They're coated in Teflon, so mm-hmm. they just slide right off. <laughs> I mean, the sewer system's alone, just full of. I guess they do dissolve into like nothing, don't they? Do they? Isn't that what the giant squid did? I don't remember. I I. That seems familiar, yeah. Like and these just, were dissolving. I wasn't sure if these were dissolving or they just like were destroyed on impact. You know, like you drop yeah. a squid from several thousand feet, I think right. they're going to dissolve <laughs> <laughs> on impact. All right, we get to Angela's house and she gets a message on her pager that says "Little Bighorn," and she rushes off to her bakery, where an old man asks her when the bakery is opening and if she thinks that he can lift two hundred pounds. All a very weird conversation. Uh, inside her bakery, she transforms into Sister Knight, and she heads to a trailer park where she assaults some guy and then goes to the precinct. Uh, boy, this music. Uh, yeah. Like, that 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 the beat she's kind of marching through the bakery in is literally get you out of bed and, and moving in the morning kind of music. Yeah, uh, and the, the driving scene for me, too. Yeah. Like that, that music, it's very Knight Rider-esque. It's yep. like not Knight Rider meets Nine Inch Nails. Uh, there is a couple of things I want to point out that the, we see as she's walking up to her bakery, there's a dude with a sign saying the future is bright as yeah. opposed to the end is nigh. Uh, now the end is nice. The end is nigh sign was significant in the original Watchmen because you understand by the end that that was actually Rorschach running around in plain clothes, you know, doing surveillance. Right. Yeah. And, uh, the first time I watched the movie, uh, I was completely unaware of that fact, mm-hmm. and it's it's cool to kind of rewatch it and, and knowing that that's happening. Should we keep an eye on this guy? I think so. Yeah, just because of the pedigree, but like, I, I don't know if they're doing that as a nod and a wink, or if they're doing that as like uh, something for the people in the know to keep. An yeah, eye on. it's like you know, it's just another. It could be equal but opposite Watchmen. Like instead yeah. of being pessimist, everybody's like stupidly optimist. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. Cause what faction would he be in? Like, why would a cop do that? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and if he's like working for the Seventh Cavalry, why is some random Asian dude working for the Seventh Cavalry in Oklahoma? That, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't seem like the type they recruit. Yeah. Um, but there's a I, I um, there's a, I, I freeze framed on the the newspaper the old man was reading, hmm. and in addition to Vite uh, uh, being declared dead, it says that the KKK vandals had closed the Statue of Liberty because they had vandalized it. Uh, and that a Boise squid shower destroys a homeless camp and kills two. How oh. does a squid shower destroy a homeless camp and kill two people? I mean, if you get hit with squids and you're just living in a tent, I'm not sure how it kills you, Uh huh. but it could definitely destroy your tent. Yeah, I just wonder if there's like... Because, uh, I don't know, the psychic and the psychic squid... Like I'm wondering how kind of like ESP and weird things are going to get because I'm I'm actually in the mood for some weird shit. I'm in, I'm in the mood <laughs> yeah. for like baby embryonic uh, telepathic squids uh, randomly killing one out of a thousand people who are extra psychic squid sensitive. All right, I'm sending them to uh, another dimension. The EPSSs uh, who are extra psychically sensitive to squid. <laughs> yeah, and it's not out of uh, Lindelof's performance envelope. Mm-mm, so not at all. Here's another interesting thing, and yeah. this go this ties right into your hooded justice theory. In the beginning of the scene, there there uh, when she pulls up to the bakery, there's this radio show or something that's going on about American hero story, which yeah, yeah, yeah. is hilarious. It's basically American horror story. Yeah, and this season is subtitled Minutemen. Yeah. Uh, but Ryan Murphy's clearly bus. producing it. He's spoiling all of his plots on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Some things don't change no matter what timeline you're in. But on the bus is a picture of Hooded Justice. Mm-hmm. As we go into a scene with Louis Gossett Jr., uh, who we think might be Hooded Justice, you think specifically. No, I was shocked that this wasn't a huge theory after coming out of the Watchmen preview because like, he also dresses in Hooded Justice-looking colors and like yeah. his final reveal is a very Hooded Justice-looking costume and it, it just mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense with you and know he's watching th- this young kid is watching bass reeves being the you know the first black deputy marshal west of yeah. mississippi and like i mean that's stuff we didn't know before the season was released but like right. i still saw a lot of people kind of like pushing back on what well, can't be now i will say he's that got his, that note in his hand at the end like yeah all of this stuff connects the dots to me yeah well it connects him to being the same guy it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. connect him to hooded justice but i yeah i think he's 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 hooded justice the yeah. only the only thing against the theory uh keeping in mind what lindelof said about not retconning the comics is we do get an extreme close-up of uh hooded justice uh where you can see his eyes and right. the white yes well, the skin around them is white. The skin yes, around the eyes white. are white too, but yes, that's as pretty most, standard. Most hand, uh, humans are. Yeah. Um, so that is interesting. Now, there's a lot of ways you can explain that. It's entirely possible he's wearing white face under there. It couldn't be hmm. impossible that like maybe there's several hooded justices. Um, there's also some people are saying it's not. It can't be true because like um, in um, the the original Night Owls uh, thought that he was like some kind of German strongman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was just a theory. Like it's right. m- definitely stated that no one is for sure knows his identity. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know about the, the the seeing the white circles around his eyes, but that's literally the only thing that would keep him not being uh, a, a possibility for Hooded Justice at this point. And and maybe it's you know my bias of liking that theory, but mm. if they if it turns out that he's not, they're really fucking with us in these scenes. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> going right from a, a emblazoned sure. bus, a hooded justice emblazoned bus, yeah. right to Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're 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 using all their powers as filmmakers to suggest this too. But they are yeah. also many multi generational heroes in the storyline, like Night Owl one and two, Silk Spectre mm-hmm. one and two. So yep. maybe there's a hooded justice one or two, and they'll like explain it as, as some something along those lines. So I, we'll have to see. But I'm I'm all in on the theory. Why not? Yeah. All right, we go to the precinct where they're watching a video, uh, let's say, I don't know, manifesto for the 7K, uh, threatening more violence against police. And Article 4 is enacted, which is uh, an emergency authorization for 24-hour release of deadly weapons to to the cops. Uh, Panda warns the chief this is a big mistake, but it happens anyway. I love it. It's just a just a chubby dude in the panda and everybody dirty panda mask. Him, like yeah dirty dirty yeah. panda mask yeah it's interesting get that man a new mask so like you know panda seems like he's very concerned about you know police overstepping their authority mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of talk about because like angela in one of the trailers said that you know people want to see the world as like gray but it's actually black and white panda mm-hmm. literally is an animal that segregated its colors into black <laughs> exact black and white patterns yeah um, Pan also that makes him very similar to Rorschach's, you know, mask. Um, I wonder if they're doing something there, like you know, like like Looking Glass is the obvious Rorschach analog, but like Panda maybe. Let's see what kind of dirt is under that Panda's fingernails. What I'm saying, a lot of it. Judging you got by a his good mask. cop killed already. It's true. So yeah. what's 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 going on, Panda? <laughs> uh, did you look up what they're chanting? Did you look up what that means? TikTok? No, no, no. This uh, key. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's who wa- it's in Latin for who watches the Watchmen. It is. And then okay. their response is literally our podcast. We or we watch, I guess. Is <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure. Uh, I didn't have time to look that up. So. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right. Then we move over to the chief's office where Angela asks him uh, why she wasn't called sooner after the shooting, and she also drops the news that she preemptively rounded up a likely seven K suspect. And they decide to put him in the pod ominously. I don't like this pod thing. I don't like the pod either. I don't like uh, all this extrajudicial shit that's going on. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting this the concept of this Nixonville is I think that they're getting mm. that there's a whole bunch of different homeless camps of like like these ghettos of poor enclaves of poor white people living in tents and RVs because they don't have economic perspective or they're homeless or whatnot. Um, huh. Um, because they mentioned, I think at some point that Nixonville is this kind of like tent city. And then they mentioned that one getting killed by the psychic squid thing. So it's almost like this is, uh, uh, like a nationwide thing. Um, or at least maybe it's, con- it's, uh, uh, it's in the West or Midwest or something. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Lindelof has got a knack for bringing creepy cults to life. Like I thought the whole, uh, tick tock, tick tock chant was really creepy. Yeah. In context. Yeah. And he's done it with the, the guilty remnant before so mm-hmm. might like where this goes uh all right looking glass interrogates the man in the pod which is a spherical room that displays images and sounds designed to elicit reactions during questioning uh afterward looking glass claims that the guy knows where his 7k are and angela beats the location out of him find out he's on a cattle ranch the visuals are so cool like yeah. um in particular when you see his face reflecting like the confederate flag imagery uh it, reflecting the rorschach imagery was mm-hmm. really really cool um so 
is this a the, the question I have, especially after I've read some of those PD files where it seems like the world is just a wash and a whole bunch of pseudoscience mm-hmm. because uh, as a direct result of Adrian kind of fucking um, fucking with everybody uh, about Dr. Manhattan having cancer and whatnot. And now people are like distrustful of science. Yeah. Is this like is this like a is this like a lie detector? In which case, I mean, it's mostly bullshit. Or is this actually a science and like like uh, the Blade Runner's android test? Or I mean, he talks about the dilation of, of the pupils. And yeah, who things gives like a fuck? That, which they talk about your heart rate and your galvanic right. skin response. And it, it you know, could have just been looking at a particularly he's bright fucking image nervous or because dark he's image. staring at a faceless demon in a in a right. sensory overload tank. Like yeah. the subject's eyes were dilated. He was palpitating and his, he was his heart was beating 160 beats per minute uh-huh. like no shit <laughs> I, yeah I it hardly seems scientific to me yeah uh, they they just beat him uh emotionally mentally and physically until he they tell him yeah now don't get me wrong clearly this guy was connected to the seventh calvary mm-hmm. and and uh and up to uh, no good no no good at all but still yeah uh we live in a society uh, right <laughs> No, I mean this, like is, Bat- this is Jack Bauer, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to town on a terrorist to find out. So where I wonder the if they'll, they'll they'll show the flaw of this technique because like this is like you know reason no one cares or reason everyone thinks Batman's a hero because he's a vigilante is because Batman is just a perfect cop mm-hmm. and he's the world's greatest detective and if he's beaten the piss out of you, you deserve to have the piss beaten out of you. You're worse, right? Uh, these people are not Batman. Or at least no. I don't think they are. So, like, I wonder if they'll show this going wrong where they'll do a Jack. Because like, I'm pretty sure they did that, like, season three or season four or 24. Jack Bauer eventually oh. got to ripping the guts out of the wrong person. <laughs> or, oh, shit, this guy doesn't know anything about it. Now what do you do, Jack? Yeah. Um, I wonder if they'll do something like that. Just keep torturing more people <laughs> right. until we find someone who is involved. The beatings will continue until our yeah. police intelligence improves. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a good question. Um. What are, so I want to go through all the questions this guy uh, okay. asked. Yeah, I have a couple here. Um, if I shit on the American flag, how would that make you feel? Confused is a pretty good answer. Confused. Are you a member yeah. of the 7th Cavalry? Uh, are interdimensional attacks hoax staged by our government? Should all Americans pay taxes? Uh, and he, in, 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 interspersed with that was a return to, are you a member of the 7th Cavalry? Mm-hmm. And then the images they showed were a, like a um, commercial art picture of a little boy drinking milk, the moon landing, a cowboy riding, uh, a Vietnamese monk on fire, a Confederate flag, Nixon's face carved on Rushmore. Not Rushmore. <laughs> I missed that one. Okay. That, yeah. Uh, uh, the American Gothic painting, uh, an image of General Custer. Uh, famous for being killed at the Battle of Little Bighorn. What, was it added to Mount Rushmore? Or did they replace? I couldn't with tell. It, were, were there five or four? I because the guy the guy's head was like um, all I saw oh, was okay. like Blocked. Lincoln and then the dude's head and then sure enough, Tricky Dick. Okay. Um, and then they're working on Red for now. Uh, <laughs> Then you got Rosie the Riveter, Harriet Tubman, an American flag, uh, images of the KKK, the Twin Towers in New York City, which I thought was interesting. That could just be Manhattan. Well, it's conspiracy stuff, right? It's the same reason they show the moon landing. But I bet in this world, uh, 9-11 didn't even happen. Yeah. It also could just be some world building. Like, hey, we saw the Twin Towers. Uh, Images of the psychic squids, uh, black baseball team, uh, a cross burning, evil Knievel? 
Like, whose side is he on? I mean, is evil can evil good or bad? I mean, it's right there in the name evil, but I, you know, I think evil's kind of a cool guy. Part of this whole pod thing, I think, is just to confuse the person, just to get them off their game. Yeah. So that they can assess the truth. Evil can evil do that. Yeah. Uh, Black members of the military, white homeless people, uh, black businessmen, a mushroom cloud, finally, Nazi flags and a Rorschach blots. Um, so it's a visual feast, and Reznor really, really pumped the, the the techno up to eleven in this scene too. And that's just what's going on on the walls, like yeah. on the mask. Oh yeah, of Looking Glass. You've got the guy staring back into his own face. You've got the images bouncing off of that. Yeah, it's that's a visually great mask. amazing. Yeah, someone pointed out that that has to be a digital effect, uh, or they're doing something because, like, if it's a literal, sh- like you'd see the camera and everything. Yeah, and I'm like, damn. It's an utterly convincing effect, mm-hmm. if uh, whatever they're doing. All right, ready to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, what what was she beating out of him in that room? I saw blood. I saw far too much water, which I assume was urine. So this is so this is another one I thought was a little bit a little too on the nose reference to the Watchmen. Is like this is just um, a shot for shot remake of uh, Rorschach killing the big figure in the prison riot, like him going okay. into the bathroom and the door swinging yeah. and then the blood and the water come out, come out door, and he's yeah. you know flushing you know the disposing of uh, 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 what is it disposing of uh, refuse with with a sewer or something yeah. Um, Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but who's? I think she's beating the location of the mm-hmm. person who shot the police officer because there's like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Yeah, it's in this compound, which good thing we're about guy, to go to. Good thing this guy knew where he was because this guy's not a like a super high member of the Seventh Cavalry. No. So, uh, all right, we go to that ranch with the cops, including Angela, Red, and some others. Uh, they're spotted, which results in a cow and cop massacre. And the major players manage to survive, but they lose their airship and any leads in the process. Um, this is an incredible scene. It sure is. They're, uh, this guy, um, Looking Glass, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, was also in um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And one of <laughs> right. my favorite scenes is, that, is where they're stuck with this insane kind of mobster figure bank robber named George. And to create, they're they're driving down the road, and to create a distraction from the FBI agents who are following them, he just takes his Tommy gun and just lays into this nearby group of cows. And uh, the huh. Looking Glass guy says, "Oh, George, not the livestock. <laughs> like this guy is involved in another cattle massacre." Yeah. When will it end? He's typecast. I'm telling you, he's typecast. <laughs> this was an incredible scene. Yeah. Like I've I've never seen. Uh, a sh- uh, yeah, like a, a heavy machine gun turning cows to ground beef and like hiding behind their corpses and mm-hmm. uh, it was horrible, but also it was really well filmed. Yeah, and, and, and sound design. That whatever they're doing to, yeah. to sell these bullets is like from a war film. Mm-hmm. Uh, both in the intro and and this scene, it's it's so good. And there's a, a brief scuffle in this too with some pretty good uh, choreography. I thought the fights like, were very excellent. The beauty. Of the masks, right? The masks allow you to sub in any number of stunt people yep. for the heroes. Yep. You, you could have Jackie Chan under one of those masks, uh-huh. and he could be flipping over a table and <laughs> eating a sausage. Sure. And, yeah, you could do whatever you want. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, I do find it really hard to believe the chief would have survived this crash or would have survived without basically any injuries. His shoulder is a little j- jacked up, but, yeah. like, 
he wasn't strapped in. This is yeah. a hard metal cabin. Uh-huh. That hits with a lot of force. Yep. And he just jumps up and laughs it off. Well, it turns out he's not just working uh, in some fashion for the 7th Cavalry. He's also in with gravity. Yeah. That's why it's like, you know, a normal person... I mean, if he's in with Dr. Manhattan, he could be in with gravity. A normal person's afraid to, like, you know, take a big fall like that to to, to experience those kind of inertial G-forces. But if if you're... You got uh, Sir Isaac on your side, Uh, you don't have nothing to fear. Yeah, that that was a little bit of bullshit. Also, like, I have a lot of questions. Like, how did they... The hell did they end up with Archie the airship in the first place? Mm -hmm. Is that the Archie? Right. Or did uh, the Night Owl... Um, sell his technology. They mention in I mean, those arch, in those PD files that he's in federal custody, so they could have just stolen his shit and just yeah copied it for for police work. Mm-hmm. Um, I am confused. It does make me wonder why it would be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, like I said, everybody you know, everybody gets. Well, plus, Tulsa's like ground zero for the Seventh Cavalry. Stuff, oh, you're saying so. they copied it like a whole bunch of oh, times? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like like every police force. Every I thought SWAT they team just like one. took it out of the evidence locker. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what I don't understand is how the fuck this little prop plane gets away from Archie. Like yeah. I thought it would easily be able to outdistance, and it would. Yeah. I, and yeah, I I also have other questions like why is Judd, uh, Police Chief Judd, downing this plane if it's so important to the Seventh Cavalry? Like maybe, maybe, yeah. I because that's the thing I was like, I don't think maybe he was working for the Seventh Cavalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the Seventh Cavalry was useful idiots uh, for some other pe- person he's actually working for because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense that he would be thwarting their own plan. Well, I mean, you've played Secret Hitler a lot, right? <laughs> sure. There's a lot of reasons why, if you're Hitler, you was that him a passing a liberal policy, liberal policy, or, yeah. or shooting a fellow fascist just to prove that yeah, I can't be cover. Hitler, right? Huh. Look, I'm I'm on everybody's side here. Possible. I don't know, but but you're right. I, I well, we don't know the full extent of the lithium conspiracy, mm-hmm. uh, the lithium plot. So maybe it's not super important. Maybe it's just sort of tangentially important. So one of the things I think you can be forgiven if you just watch this once um, is there's this thing about these batteries are afraid people are afraid they cause cancer. Mm-hmm. This goes back to the events of the original Watchmen, where one of the things that uh, Adrian Veidt did to cripple Doctor Manhattan was to make the world think that being around him, his energy causes cancer. Yeah, um, as a way to psychologically destabilize Doctor Manhattan. Well, it turns out the whole world's ran with that. So there was a lot of techno- technological progress made by using Dr. Manhattan technology. And after the psychic squid attack, everybody's like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they were afraid to get cancer and they stopped using it. In fact, it seems like technology took a good 20 year step back in time for uh, until the late 90s because of that. So, yeah, there's some mention of like a 30 year five stage plan to reintroduce the technology if right. it's deemed safe by right. the experts. Yep, yep. Um, and I thought that was like, so when you hear these, uh, I think where they're they're saying like M-class devices, there's a Manhattan yeah. class, or these are the old synthetic. So these are batteries, I guess, powered by Dr. Manhattan technology and right. people are afraid to cause cancer. Now, the thing I didn't put together when I was thinking this through an instant cast is... If the Minutemen, or I'm sorry, if the 7th Cavalry thinks that all that shit was a hoax, mm-hmm. then it would imply that they don't think Dr. Manhattan technology would cause cancer. So why the fuck would they be getting a shit ton of it together to make a bomb with? Or I guess that was speculation. The, the bomb is speculation, but clearly they're gathering it. Yeah. We know that much. Um, 
I don't know. It could be a false flag. Yeah. It, it could it could be like a scare, a terror tactic, right? Right. Well, I mean, like that's if everybody the... is scared of that technology, mm-hmm. using that technology to scare them would work. Right. And also, like these conspiracy theorists don't have all the best internal logic to mm-hmm. to some of their conspiracy theories, so they could believe that the squid attack was a hoax, but Doctor Manhattan absolutely also causes cancer. Sure. Yeah. You know, even though that like that's all from the same kind of fruit of the poisonous tree. Right. Um. I wonder if they're playing with that idea too. Could be. I, I would look for that not to be entire his assessment of oh they're making a cancer bomb to not be entirely accurate, especially if he's working for that side of the team anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then we go to somewhere else in the world. I don't know exactly where. Uh, an old man rides a horse into his castle where his chafed thighs are attended to by one of his servants. Mrs. An- Crookshanks. Another person presents him with an anniversary cake. It's all a very weird scene. Uh, he tries to give him a horseshoe to cut the cake with, which is really strange. The cake seems awful, mm-hmm. and this guy gives up after one bite. It's made with 90% beeswax. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the servants present him with a pocket watch that they made for him from drawings he discarded. And he tells them he also has a surprise for them, a tragic play titled The Watchmaker's Son, in which they'll play the leading roles. Mm-hmm. Which, if you haven't realized by now, this is potentially Ozymandias. Mm-hmm. Most likely Ozymandias, although there are competing theories. Um, the evidence is he looks like why Ozymandias should look. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cake uh, decor- yeah. the cake was decorated in exactly his classic costume colors. Like gold and purple, yeah. Some even pe- mentioned that like the purple flourishes on the top looks like a squid draped over it, so like <laughs> there's another um, okay. kind of s- a symbolism there. Um, and uh, I mean, there isn't a lot of direct evidence other than Jeremy Irons just looks like he should be Ozymandias. And that stuff and he's obviously mm-hmm. wealthy and he's the right age but it is weird and, that and it doesn't it, we don't see anyone else around him so this yeah. could be some sort of isolation and if they think that he's dead then uh-huh. that would make sense yeah because there's that's the thing is like the adrian veit being or veit veit it's fight being reported dead was because he had been missing so long that they're just kind of doing that to close out the book so right and um, this is all part of the pd files i don't know why they're being mysterious about it like it seems like at this point, if he's not Ozymandias, there ought there ought to be a hell of a fucking twist to explain why they went to such trouble to make us think that he's Ozymandias. Yeah, some people are speculating he's Doctor Manhattan uh, in corporeal form sure. or whatever. I I don't really buy. I it. saw some crazy fucking theories. Yeah, but- I think it's far more likely that they're working together because of the footage we see of him reconstructing his castle for some reason on Mars, right? Yes. And if you look at those castles, those are identical castles. They are. They yeah. are. Um let's, let's so let me let's stop here for a minute. Let's talk about this anniversary. What is the anniversary cake all about? That's a good question. Here's the thing we talked about like it might be an anniversary to squid attack, right? Mm-hmm. As best I can tell, this is taking place around September 9th, 2019. The squid attack was November 2nd, yeah. 1985. So we're nowhere near the actual Mm-hmm. anniversary of that event um my, the theory that i've got um is that these uh servants that call him master are either robots or some kind of uh cloned replicant human because uh, you know we know mm-hmm. he was a master of genetic engineering and technology mm-hmm. and that maybe he has already switched bodies 
Um, it's because he doesn't look exactly like the old. So is this the, the anniversary of the Switch? Yeah, like the anniversary of his uh, getting his techno body or something. Okay. But I'm not there's, sure. There's also uh, the potential for these servants to be Dr. Manhattan's life that he was creating. Yeah, some people... Which I think is interesting. Yeah, some people mentioned that the butler looks a lot like Dr. Manhattan. And... Well, the, the idea that he would not know what a knife, that a knife is the appropriate tool to cut yeah. a cake with and that a horseshoe might function seems to me like, you know, there's something just off enough to where uh, a non-omnipotent, omniscient being might, might you know, fuck up a thing or two sure. in a life form he's trying to create. And if they're working together, he might have, you know, said, here, just take two of my artificial beings. Yeah. And then, yeah, they're not perfect, but they'll work. Why would why would Manhattan create life in the form of humans, though? I don't know. Uh, it's a good I, question. I, I feel like that that... Because he himself is in the, the form of a human-ish? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing to re you can really falsify these theories at this point. No. It's like there's some that I like better than others. Um, and the one I like the least is that Jeremy Irons is literally Dr. Manhattan incarnated. Yeah. And yeah. the, you know, or there's another theory that he's cloned Dr. Manhattan and Genie, and he's going to try to re-engineer the circumstances. To make. And I'm like, this mm -hmm. seems very, very complicated and baroque for what and, and to what end? But I, I'm content to let the mystery be for now. Oh, I mean, to to that question, to what end? Um, when I when I come away from this scene and the last line is that they're going to be playing the leading roles in this, I have to ask what what does he mean by that? What does he mean by these two sort of weird, possibly robot, possibly artificial life forms playing the leading role hmm. in the Watchmaker's Son, his five part tragic play? Yep. That's hard to fathom. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's you got the, the crazy mystery. theories is because people are uh -huh. just swinging like, how could that literally be true? Oh, I get it. This the, It's yeah. one of the big hooks for this episode. It's sure. this, it's the squid rain, mm -hmm. uh, and it's sort of, you know, the general world building. Mm -hmm. uh, then we move on to dinner with Angela's family and the chief's family. Uh, the chief is doing coke, apparently, which is an interesting revelation. Seems like he's burning the candles at both ends. <laughs> Perhaps he's not getting much sleep. Whoa. Uh, they talked about how they missed Oklahoma, which brings out the revelation that the chief was the star of it in his high school production and resulted in him singing a verse. Why did Angela ditch Judd for the the Oklahoma? Like, that, that, that is really... I guess it doesn't matter because this guy's dead, but it's like... I wasn't sure why that moment was put in there. Yeah. I don't know. Lighten things up a little with the song. Maybe. Make Maybe. us feel sympathetic for this character before he's revealed to be a villain. Well, I mean, it's just interesting also that, like, if this guy is some deep cover 7th Cavalry, like, how his cover goes so deep that he's, like, best friends slash, like, brother-sister relationship with Angela and Cal. Mm -hmm. And his wife does seem, like, seems completely oblivious that he might be working the other side. So I'm I'm very curious to see exactly how this shakes out. Like, what what it was his character what are we going to find out about him in the weeks ahead yeah and then after dinner angela updates the chief telling him that they only found a bucket or i guess a bag of old lithium batteries in the 7k hideout uh there's also really good um i like how as soon as he gets done singing the people will say we're a love song and you had that cute sex session um or scene the clock in the background begins ticking 
mm-hmm. like ramping up the tension throughout. Oh, the... there's a lot of clock stuff. The imagery of the the chandelier. Well, I was going to say, the yeah, table, when the table yeah. and like his dinner napkin is kind of laying in the 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 five minutes till midnight position, yep. which I thought that was kind of like a funny clock face to begin with. But then when I noticed like like all the details, like okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's really good. There are so many nods, so many little nods to the fans of the the comics and the movie, mm-hmm. and here that I really appreciated. And he, but he's still like you know, and she's she he because he seems like he's a little soft pedaling, or he's like trying to play the guy reluctant to commit to like all out war. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he does say that he's worried as fuck. But it's he's just such a mysterious character at this point. And I mean, it, it leaves me wondering what the mission is. Um, obviously, the mission is. <laughs> racial superiority for these mm-hmm. 7k guys mm-hmm. uh but they say there's a plan that's coming soon i don't know what that is i don't think any of us do mm-hmm. another mystery psychic squid too they're they're putting all these batteries together to make a really really bad psychic squid yeah to, I, I do get the feeling that's going like, to be a jet black one so everyone will hate black <laughs> psychic squid and blow the race war wide open uh-huh it's a good plan. <laughs> All right. Uh, we get an animated sequence of the American Hero story, which transitions into the chief reporting the results of the 7K raid to the governor. Uh, he gets a page about the cop who was shot at the beginning waking up, and he heads out to deal with that. Unfortunately, along the way, his tires are blown out by a spike strip, and he's ambushed. Um. There's a couple other things that he was like when he gets in the car or the truck, he's listening to pretty far right radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe he's doing like reconnaissance, no, but that's like no, your no, first no. hint. That and there's also this like ominous. I mean, it's not your first hint. It's the music. It's, man. As soon as like you see the picture, of this old, this old, this this old guy, this a former sheriff with this little boy <laughs> right. on his knee. They play this like terrible ominous audio cue. It's like uh oh, and then he gets in there and he's listening to. These far right radio guys are talking about Joe, Joe Jr., which is the son, apparently, of Senator Keene, who passed the oh, Keene Act, which is yeah. the uh, 70s legislation that outlawed mask vigilantes in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's running for president. This is the the context of Robert, Robert Redford serving for seven terms as he's recently announced that he's not going to seek an eighth. So like this long standing you know, liberal hegemony of the United States and kind of stasis politically is threatened to to be turned around. And that's why there's a lot of tension. Uh, one of the reasons there's a lot of tension in the air. Um, yeah. I did think that like, Judd, so Sheriff Judd gets uh, stop stripped mm-hmm. and he's like way nonchalant about it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, was there, like, I, I'm almost to the point where, like, was there a plan to ambush him and then it just went wrong because like he doesn't act scared he doesn't act shocked it's just like were they going to stage something here is this going to be another false flag because they want it to make a you curious think reaction the, yeah. the old black man killed him it uh-huh. could just be that he uh-huh. was monitoring the situation and he brought the uh, attention to angela so she could find it before you know it turns out on national national news that uh somebody lynched the but how would that yeah. if how that helped the seventh cavalry <laughs> uh if you lynch the white the top cop of uh of a police force that's very integrated very mixed he's mm-hmm. best friends with one of the top cops that is also black i i don't i don't i don't see how it works out 
but I can't explain. Like, it's one thing to walk out of your stronghold thinking that you got not a care in the world because the seven Calvary's on your side. It's another thing to run, have your tires slashed, yeah. and then get out in the middle of dark and be like, what the fuck going on? What? So yeah. they, they do portray him in the entire episode as like even Regina King, Angela asks him, like, why the fuck are you not concerned about this? Right. Right. And he says he is, but he doesn't act like it most of the episode. And this is like, maybe this is his super fucking worried <laughs> reaction, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, he, he's just constantly whistling and humming to himself and singing songs. Yeah, ball nervous injury. And, in, and something truly, <laughs> truly threatening happens to him. And then he just comes down a notch. <laughs> yeah. He's so where I Brad am Pitt's on my best day. Out of, out of Ad Astra. He's like, right yeah Yeah. his heart rate goes up to 72 yeah 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 when when he's being killed by a uh i don't know a 105 year old black man (laughs) yeah i wonder if they're setting up like a yoda fights dooku scenario (laughs) where like (laughs) lewis gossett jr is going to cg get out of his chair and just whip ass yeah yeah his his wheelchair is going to like break down into a complicated series of melee weapons (laughs) and (laughs) yeah got razor I'm blades in those wheels it's gonna be a shit show got me hyped all right um let's move on to angela and her husband going at it they're fucking they sure are like, quietly very quietly the kids are asleep when she gets a call from the same old man who was outside her bakery telling her that she needs to see something by a big tree in like row fields or something i don't know mm-hmm. when she gets there she finds the police chief strung up in the tree and the old man waiting for her end of the episode yeah, so she he knows who Angela is, knows her father. Uh, I love the shotgun dispenser in her headboard. Oh yeah, it's like it's like a, it's like a Pez Pez dispenser only for shotguns. I was wondering if the husband was in on like knew about her being a cop until yeah. this scene when she whips out the shotgun. I'm like, there's no way. Yeah, his reaction. No, he totally knew. is not appropriate if he didn't know. Right. Yeah, and I think that's also kind of a cool inversion that like you've got the concerned uh male dad mm-hmm. left behind as the as the uh fearless uh female protagonist goes venturing off into the mm-hmm. night that was uh yeah. that was kind of cool it's like an inverse independence day yeah <laughs> um so yeah this kid the, so this guy is sitting underneath this tree he's wearing a very hooded justice outfit he just very very prominently bragged about him being able to lift 200 pounds or at least that's the inference mm-hmm. um he has the note that the original boy had watch over this boy um they had the badge with the drop of blood paying homage back to the the comedian's uh button for like the third or fourth time there's owls hooting uh there's it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, what is the deal with the owls in this episode? I, I'll be honest, I did not notice the owls. So you got Archie, the the owl ship. Okay. You've got yeah. Angela when she's talk when we first see her in her sister night garb and she's having coffee in the sheriff Judd's office. She's drinking out of an owl cup mug, and hmm. this entire last scene there is owls hooting in the in the background. Does he have? an owl mug because he was night owl well see so one um, are there owls hooting because what, night owl just died there's a whole one of the inter uh issue supplemental materials in the watchman comics is an article that uh night owl 2 had written because he's like uh uh he he was in he was in the owls 
mm-hmm. and he was like an amateur owlologist or whatever the hell you would call a person who studies owls. And there's a whole thing about him writing things about like how the owls are the perfect hunter and on all this. So he's like fascinated and obsessed with owls, obviously. And I wonder if they're hinting, you know, at uh, some kind of big night owl reveal later. Could be. I mean, they do say night owl proper is in custody, right? Or I guess night owl two. Yeah. Uh, but he's old too. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Is this going to be like some kind of geriatric uh, uh, return of the original masks? I mean, he could be Night Owl three for all we know, right? Yeah. What do you think about? Do you think the Hood of Justice is act? So Hood of Justice part one of his big things is he's like freakishly strong. Hmm. Um, not like superhumanly, but like definitely like peak human, surprisingly strong. Hmm. Uh, do you think that a hundred and do you, do you think he's actually super and that like hundred and five year old man can lift two hundred pounds? Hmm. Do you think that um, as because I really don't think that he killed this guy. I, yeah, I'm up in the air. Um, although the although the hooded the hooded black justice cop in the beginning, the Bass Reeves, he did string that white corrupt cop up. So, Did he? Because he said there won't, there wouldn't be. No, any... you're right. You're right. He lassoed him, but the, yeah. the and and the townsfolk wanted to string him up. He said, but no, there'll mm-hmm. be no mob justice. There'll be no mob justice today. Trust in the law. Yeah, he was a lawman through and through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that in the the real Bass Reeves. He brought over three thousand felons to justice. Only killed ten. Yeah. So he does seem like he definitely respected the rule of law rather than just uh, and they're, they're know, all claimed to be in self defense too. Huh? They're all they're all claimed to be in self defense. I, which, I believe you know, that. Like if he was wanting to kill people, he would. Have he'd been. probably kill more like uh, fifteen hundred. Yeah, fifteen hundred. Two thousand. Probably half those guys were would have yeah. been easier to, to to kill than take alive. Sure. He just really liked the bigger bounty with him alive. Yeah, he wants yeah. he wants that alive bounty. I mean, he's not he's not a bounty hunter. He's a <laughs> he's a deputy marshal for God's sake. He's not getting paid on commission here. Uh. You know the sad thing is because I I um so he's this like celebrated lawman of these Indian territories and mm-hmm. the, when Oklahoma became a state and like I think 1907, uh he was unable to continue his position as deputy marshal because the new state laws precluded black men as serving in that position. Jesus, can you fucking imagine? Can you fucking imagine? I would have killed a lot more than 14 people if I were him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. So there you go. Yeah, and the the song that plays over the credits, I guess, is a piece from Oklahoma. Uh, poor p- p- Judd, Judd, poor Judd is dead. I, yeah, uh-huh. I can't remember the name of it. Do you know much about Oklahoma? You're the musical yeah, guy. Yeah, I've seen it. I uh, didn't really much care for it. Um, okay. It's pretty. Uh, it's it's all about Oklahoma becoming a state and how amazing uh, you know that is and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the central story is about um, Curly and this guy Judd who are dueling for affections of this particular girl. Judd is kind of like this backwards, socially inept, brutish guy that is the girl's farmhand, the woman's farmhand. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's kind of a weird love triangle that she's afraid of this guy, so she doesn't want to break things off, but she kind of likes Curly too. And uh, in the end, Curly and her get married, and Judd shows up at the wedding to try to like break things up and assault her, and uh, he ends up dead in the altercation. And at the end, they have this like kind of show trial because they don't want to they don't want this legal problem to to impugn their honeymoon. So like they just have a, a a show trial with a judge presiding with all the wedding guests as like jurors, and they just they just acquit him immediately. Wow! And it's kind of like as a comedy thing. 
So, but but yeah, knowing mm-hmm. that there is a lot of interesting things about can you know kangaroo courts and you yeah. know because uh, I also read and in, in research that there there's a production that did like an Oklahoma as like you know kind of framed it more darkly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like things were kind of fucked up in the town. And it is weird that we let mob justice rule and this guy didn't get a fair trial. And that seemed like there's a lot of themes there that mm-hmm. you could definitely play with in this Watchmen universe. So there's a lot of stuff around Vietnam in this episode and also in these PD files. Uh, but you can you can if you want to follow along with this, there'll be a link in the show notes. But it's also the dash PD dash files dot com. Uh, specifically in this clipping of Vite declared dead, there's a lot of information about it because apparently Vite had a residence in Vietnam. Um, there, after he disappeared, the company that bought up all of his companies is called, forgive me if I mispronounce this because I just saw it in writing, Triu? I think it's actually, I, I looked up several Triu? like recountings of this legend on YouTube and they, they said it's, it's true. Pronounced true? true. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this company came in after his appearance, uh, bought up all of his companies. True is actually a Vietnamese surname, mm-hmm. but it is also associated with Lady True, who is sort of a Vietnamese Joan of Arc character, mm-hmm. who sort of resisted um, Chinese occupation for a while until you know, like the third. And this is like you know, these these civilizations are ancient, so we're talking yeah, about two hundred like the third century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super super old stuff. Um, and it's probably mythological. It's probably not even like a real person, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there, there's like a lot of, of connections to Vietnam, just like Joan of Arc. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, and apparently the governor uh, of Vietnam, I don't know if that's an official title. I'm not familiar with their political structure. Uh, the but, communists, Jim. We had a whole war about it. Jesus Christ. I, They're the 51st I, state. No. Are, are there governors in, in communist countries? I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I, I know couldn't either. tell you. Uh, yeah, but he claimed that uh, Adrian Veidt was assassinated by this Vietnamese Liberation Front mm-hmm. uh, as, as you know, maybe some political power play or something. Right. Um, like the three years into his disappearance, they like essentially took credit for it. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, like two years before the show started. Yeah, yeah. So before current day in the show. Yeah, so there's a lot of just like either coincidental or conspiratorial stuff, however you look at it, um, around Vietnam in this show and in these files. And the interesting thing about that True in- uh, Industries is they acquired a lot of Vite Industries assets mm-hmm. after he was declared missing. Yeah. And in the um, little uh, flyer about the Trust in the Law movie that's... Uh, uh, so the trust in the movie, the trust in the law movie, is a fictional movie that we uh, we opened with, and in the series of the Watchmen, that opened the week before the Tulsa massacre, hmm. and they it was it was thought lost to history, but has recently been recovered and restored, and now they're showing it at the exact same theater it was shown in Tulsa back, and they're doing it four times a day. And uh, it's being displayed with this new projector technology that's certified Dr. Manhattan free. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made this project, this uh, FDTA, Food, Drug and Technology Administration approved projecting technology was made possible by a grant from True Industries. All right. So 
True seems like it's the latest front. Uh, this is just the Pyramid Corporation all over again. Could be. Um, yeah. Is the is the kind of leading theory everybody's going with. Um, but then Angela's mixed up in this a little bit too, right? By way of having grown up in Vietnam. Sure. Is she involved in some kind of thing? Mm-hmm. You know, what? where does that put her in this equation? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't think we're supposed to. Mm-mm. Uh, but it is interesting. Do you think so? Some people are speculating, just like uh, the Watchmen original uh, comic series and the full bo- full boat director's edition has this framing device of Tales from the Black Freighter, mm-hmm. which is this pirate adventure story that is like this kind of like dark heart of uh, a vengeance kind of tale. Um, people are wondering if like the 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 the, the Black Marshal or Oklahoma itself will be the framing device for this season. Like, are we going to see, like, different parts mm-hmm. of the Black okay. Marshall and it's going to be relevant to what we're about to see and we're going to open with those? Or are we going to open with a different meaning, like like a segment of Oklahoma that has a special meaning? Oklahoma I guess, might be tough because it was, like, in-world. That's what I'm... Yeah, and Oklahoma's a real thing. Like, you have uh-huh. to you have to work with what they give you, whereas if right. there's a fictional silent movie like mm-hmm. The Black Freighter, you can do whatever the hell you want. You can have that thing fit your narrative like a glove. Yeah. So, I would like that. I think that'd be cool. Uh, yeah. I, I, it, it feels to me like Vietnam is going to sort of be this show's Axis Monday, or however yeah. you say it. Yeah. Like, as it was to Leftovers, right? And I think we hit we hinted this in our pre um, like our pre recap discussions, but there's also a file in this PD files about um, the FBI reintroducing computer technology to the squat, to the Bureau mm-hmm. um, because society's become extremely technophobic with all this Manhattan technology deemed as being carcinogen uh, or cancer causing. Um, Dr. Oz is the U.S. Surgeon General, and he's like certifying technology is safe. Are you kidding me? No, that's actually in oh in in God. these files. I missed that. Um, and also like the reason that we went away from cell phone technology is people associated the this newly like um you know we're starting to integrate wireless te- communication technology in society that was causing interdimensional fields to weaken. Right. Yeah. And that's in, the inviting, we're just asking to be attacked by psychic squids. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's other. So the other thing is um, that uh, Agent Petey is very concerned about the FBI not saying that um, uh, Adrian Veidt is is dead. No, them declaring him dead. Yeah. is what he's concerned about. Yeah, he doesn't want them to do that because he says if you close the case, it's going to embolden the white supremacists because you know Ozymandias figures into their uh, conspiracy theories, which are actually true. Um, mm-hmm. And they want kind of justice for their hero, um, Rorschach. And if they declare him dead and they're stopping the investigation, that might embolden them. Um, they also, he, they, they say that like here, these mass heroes are rated on the Wortham Spectrum tool, um, which they don't elaborate, but it's like some yeah. kind of like, uh, you know, what's that Briggs Meyer personality test thing where mm-hmm. like Rorschach is an objectivist slash sociopath. Ozymandias is a savior slash narcissist. Night Owl is a thrill seeker slash nostalgic. Um, comedian is a super soldier slash nihilist. I'm like, what use of a diagnostic tool is there if everyone gets its own unique diagnostic? You know, <laughs> like how many fucking thrill seeker nostalgic types were there? Huh? How yeah. many super soldier nihilists were there? I would like to know. Um, 
also that Lori, after like in in from 19, 1985 to nineteen ninety five, when her and Dan were practicing superheroes again, she went by the name Comedian. Right. Yeah. I guess developed a newfound appreciation for yeah. her father and took his last name. And there's a lot of friction yeah. internally because she's working for the FBI, but the FBI is also tasked with, uh, you know, counter uh, vigilante measures. And she was a former vigilante. So it seems like there's a, there's a doctrinal rift within the FBI about whether she's a great resource or she's more trouble than she's worth. She disagrees with all this categorization and, uh, I yeah, there's a lot of really cool, interesting information. The fact that there's two Rorschach journals, yeah, this is one yeah. of the one of them being the central conspiracy theories. Like the one that the police recovered when they arrested him at uh, Morlock's place, which, which was, was heavily just gibberish. Yeah, it's just gibberish or heavily encoded. And yeah. then one is very neatly and plain written that lays out all of this, um, you know, accurate facts about what uh, Ozymandias and Pyramid Corporation did, but it offers no proof. And then I love the, the sort of the, the color they give to the the interim between you know the Watchmen times and mm-hmm. now, uh, and how sort of Rorschach became a symbol, right? Yeah, like it was it was taken by these New Frontiersmen uh, paper, and sort of they had particular views on things, and they translated it Rorschach's journal through, through their bit, own lens, yeah, yeah. right? And it it sort of inspired you know this conspiratorial angle and. Uh, and and people then latched onto it and ran with it with with this melded like Rorschach slash racist vibe that the New Frontiersmen gave to it. Hmm. There's a couple other like terms of art like they refer to the DIEs their dies as dimensional incursion events like those are like the mm-hmm. I think squid storms and whatnot and they refer to the squids as EDBEs which I'm going to assume is an extra dimensional biological event maybe. <laughs> okay. Because I was confused. They, they, don't, they don't ever, ever they, they explain the DIE, but they yeah. never do the EDBE and they also typo it. It's it's EBDE in some places. Oh, Jesus. Um, the other thing that he said is like the nightmare scenario is if they declare him dead and he comes back to life yeah. and he makes an offhand reference. Like, remember how much egg on we had on our face when Elvis <laughs> walked into a Hanoi nightclub and started performing uh-huh. again after being so like Elvis did is all alive. of his songs with the name blue. And then <laughs> when the blue wave was starting, it's like, yeah. Yeah, wow. so there's a lot of really cool Good. world building stuff. If you haven't got a chance and you got uh, 15, 20 minutes to read it, it's this is the stuff that's between the Watchmen comic book art, uh, comic book issues. So huh. if you skipped them when you're reading the Watchmen comics, you could probably skip them now. But there are a lot of good stuff in there. We'll link it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we get the feedback, Jim? Yeah, let's do. It. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. Our coverage of Hot D, Fire and Blood, and the 1980s Shogun miniseries continues. But then on Tuesday, for the first time in 35 years, we asked a question. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Hop aboard the train to Toontown as we revisit this incredible blending of live action and animation to see if it still holds up all this time later. Then on Wednesday, we get our first look at Blake Crouch's mind-bending sci-fi series, Dark Matter first two episodes drop simultaneously on Apple TV Plus, and we'll have a pair of podcasts quantumly linked ready for you to observe. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to send us feedback on this podcast, it's super easy to do so. Just send an email to uh, Night Watchman to Watchman. 
Forget the night part. Sister it's just, Watchmen. It's nope. Watchmen nope, sister? Nope. It's just Watchmen. Shit. Just Watchmen. Uh, Watchmen at baldmove.com, or we also have episode discussion threads on our forums, forums.baldmove.com. First off, uh, first off, first off is Joseph Ferreira. I hope I didn't butcher your name. If so, phonetically spell it next time and I'll do better. Um, I've been a big fan since early Breaking Bad days and can't thank you enough for all the great content over the years. Well, thank you, Joe. Uh, as a small token of my bald move and Watchmen fandom, I crafted together some Watchmen-inspired music for the new pod. Joseph, we are f- thrilled that you did so because mm-hmm. we were hurting for some theme music. Yeah. And uh, since you seem to be on board with the idea, we're we're using it for our theme music. Mm-hmm. So thank you. It's it's great. And uh, check we, out check out the link in the show notes. I assume I you he throw did, that up. No, he, he did not provide a, like a, a site to like uh, show off his work or whatnot. But if you want to throw something together, uh, like a SoundCloud or whatever, I will throw yeah. those in the show notes. Uh, and we'll play the whole piece as the end credits on this podcast if you want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, Zach, so originally when you had the Hood of Justice theory, I was dead set against it. I was going off the story put in Hollis Mason's autobiography where he said Hood of Justice was a German. And I believed it enough where I took it as canon and was upset they'd retcon it. However, one thing that stuck out for me uh, from later in the book was the fact that Hollis was an admitted fascist, which just com- went completely under the radar in a super Nixonian America. Of course, it would make sense that he'd project his whiteness onto every other superhero. Knowing that Hollis is probably just blinded by his racism cleans up the hooded justice theory. Hmm. And now I love it. Yeah, the only problem I see is that close inset of him having the whites around his his eyeballs. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, there's a million ways you could you could justify that as like that being Hollis Mason's memory that they're illustrating. And uh-huh. it's, you know, also it's like super not easy. It's super not hard to put some foundation around your eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Batman does the reverse. Uh, I've seen I mean, Angela's movies. doing the, the makeup mask. Yeah. In this. yeah. See, it's right there on the screen, yep. Jim. Yep. It's foreshadowing. <laughs> sure. It's literally eyeshadowing. Okay. <laughs> They're foreshadowing the eyeshadow. Hooded Justice is a 105 year old man. You guys are just going to have to deal with it. Yusuf found the tone of the show to be excellently balanced, 50% Lindelof and 50% Watchmen. I'm in it for the Lindelof since I was a huge Leftovers fan, but I enjoyed the balance nonetheless. I noticed they used 2009's Watchmen's cast likeness in that animated spot that was playing before the police chief left his quarters to be assassinated. I mean, it's clearly Negan's, uh, Negan, rather, Negan's face there when they panned by the comedian and the mom from Haunting of Hill House when they panned by Silk Spectre. <laughs> uh, kind of throws me off since we know we're not supposed to think of this show to be in the same canon as the movie due to the major difference in how Vite stopped the nuclear showdown between the U.S. and the USSR, which brings me to the question, am I missing something or is that the only difference between the graphic novel and the 2009 movie? The changing from Psychic Squid to Dr. Manhattan Energy is the only difference that that uh, Lindelof has embraced and, and actually called attention to. Okay. So I mean, and as he's aware of that change. I haven't read all the comics, though. Yeah. Um, so as far as I didn't get too hung up because I thought that was kind of interesting, too. But the way I see it is in this universe, maybe the Watchmen is actually a movie based on the events of the Minutemen stuff. Mm. And so that these are how the characters are popularly imagined in this universe as well. Okay. Kind of like the same way, like you see that, you know, the Marvel movies 
like the cap the version of Captain America's uniform is inspired by the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more realistic and that stuff tends to go feedback into the comics. Like you'll start seeing modern Captain America starting to look like Chris Evans, Captain America. You definitely see mm-hmm. modern Iron Man looking like Tony's, you know, the, 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 uh, 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 uh Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. So mm-hmm. I think that would be a cool way to imagine it. Just like, Hey, you know, they changed, they changed the psychic squid to Dr. Manhattan because, you know, the squid is kind of unbelievable in a plot hole anyway, so, you know, they, 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 seems, they took dramatic liberty with it. strange in a world where squids are falling from the sky. Maybe it's too soon. You don't like, too soon? Don't, they okay. don't like to be yeah. reminded of the psychic squids. It's it's better to just hate Manhattan. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's like I don't think he's got anything against Zack Snyder's Watchmen. It's just like he wants to he, – he sees the comic as the absolute canon – and yeah. then where the movie does not disagree with the comic, then it is canon as well. Barry C. Leftovers is my favorite show of all time, and Watchmen is my favorite comic book movie, so I'm super pumped so far. I agree about The Leftovers. It is my favorite show, too, Barry. As a Watchmen fan, I like seeing references to the movie and the comics, but I actually got the impression that if you were a Leftovers fan with no Watchmen knowledge, this first episode might have been even more enjoyable. It was so curious and bizarre in a Leftovers way, and I certainly felt more like Leftovers and Watchmen. Do you think this show will be easy to follow for people who have not seen uh, the show? Not seen Leftovers? Hmm. I do... I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you have to see Leftovers to follow this. Yeah. I I think certainly it would be helpful to have read either, either the Watchmen comic or seen the movie. Yeah. I think there's a lot of bad faith shitting on this episode in some of these reviews, but I also can see if you are only a fan of the Watchmen from Zack Snyder's film and you watch this, you're like, what in the fuck? Because, you know, it's just got a lot of that leftovers, Lindelof kind of DNA, weirdness DNA to it. I mean, the squids alone would be what the fuck. But then again, the fucking comic book had the 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 er, the, the daddy squid. So like, how yeah, what no, the fuck can it possibly but, be? But you said, oh, if you'd oh, only oh. if you'd only seen the movie, right? Okay, yeah, if you've only seen the movie, yeah, that or would if be you went in completely blind. I guess mm-hmm. that would be interesting. How many people are going to this? Just you know, well, I've heard about the 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 leftovers, and I've heard about Watchmen. I haven't seen either one. Fuck it. I don't know, but but I do think the mystery would be probably more interesting because mm. I think the the way we're approaching it is we want to see how the mystery ties back into what we know of the comics and the mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who's new to that stuff, they would just be going, "What is happening?" Just all really cool world building and lore. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I don't know because, like I said, I'm a fan of all the material, so like, I, and I'm really appreciating it. I I couldn't say whether people would appreciate it more or less um, depending on their experience. Pierre, I'm thrilled to have you guys in uh, for the long haul from season one. This episode had me on my toes the entire time. Never really sure what character or ideas it's wanting me to sympathize with. Pierre, calves of steel. By the, he's on his toes the entire time. <laughs> That's an hour. Those you, you sick, sick calf pump. I noticed a handful of things that jumped out at me right away. Uh, <laughs> your calf definition. Uh, Superman and his cousin, Supergirl, Hooded Justice has superpowers. Seems like he can still lift 200 pounds at his advanced age. Mm-hmm. Would also explain him carrying a baby some distance at the age of six or seven. And his dad did say, be strong. That's okay. That's interesting. Um, can we talk about this guy's last name? Or is that, would you consider that a spoiler? 
the emailer? No, no, or no, the character? not the emailer. Okay. The little kid from the the, the survivor of the Tulsa incident, the, the the old man at the end of this episode. Okay, so from what I understand, in one of the previews, there is a subtitle that says what this kid's name or what. No, it says what the old man's name is. Yes. And we're assuming, obviously, based on the episode, that this is the same person as the, the young kid. Yeah. I guess if you don't want to hear it, jump ahead a little bit. Yeah, because it's just like we have like one more feedback left. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. If you don't want to hear it, uh, see you next week. <laughs> yeah. So his last name is Reeves, mm-hmm. just like Bass Reeves. Yeah. Uh, in my reading about Bass Reeves, I found that he was like, especially for his day, kind of a hulking you know, impressive physical specimen. He stood mm-hmm. at an imposing six foot two. He was said to be very sturdy. Um, he never was wounded in all of the Shocking. gun battles he was in and all the felonious apprehension he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has, you know, had, had attained this like modern myth of being like a super strong too. And like some of the, the legends about him. So if this guy's like a descendant of, of Bass Reeves, maybe he's got a little bit of that, you know, I, I'm not saying he's like literally superhuman, but he's he's uh you know you just don't want to fuck with him yeah and i mean you you don't even necessarily have to assume that he's descendant from you know whatever superman legend that bass yeah. reeves is yeah if he's hooded justice you could also assume this be strong comment may have mm-hmm. been the thing that pushed him toward that like that yeah. combination That's of the like last thing crime your dad fighter said. and be strong he became obsessed yeah with getting fucking swole yeah so and he did it then like from age of seven he was hitting them bricks yeah he was lifting lifting babies to a time lifting babies he's just <laughs> he's just curling babies left and uh-huh. right uh yeah, I could see that. Like, if that's the last thing your dad said before he shot you off from Krypton and died, then yeah. that would echo in your ears over the years for sure. Probably. And he's at 105 years to, to add mass. Right. <laughs> right. Um. So, uh, the Pierre continues, I'm uh, all in all, I'm most stumped with Vite. Are his servants clones, results of his genetic experiments like uh, Bubastis? Of course, that's his weird-looking cat, cat. thing. Uh, is he now one of them? Is he in his simulation? Did Dr. Manhattan recreate him? Given the final result of the King of Kings in the poem, I expect to see his great work has crumbled and we may see him having done the same by the end, uh, even if nothing really ends. I can't wait for more. This was an amazing pilot. Uh, keep up the great coverage. Many thanks. Ooh, you're welcome, Pierre. And yeah, those questions are are the things we want to get answers to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would suspect we're going to have to wait a while for some of those answers. Those feel like yeah, the see, those feel like Act Four or Five in the yeah. Watchmaker Son uh, sure. play kind of answers to me. All tragic. Uh, I am excited because I know that Lindelof has said these stories do intersect at some point. Like they are not they parallel. They have to stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peter, I'm really excited for the show. Like Aaron, I read the graphic novels in the last four or five weeks and watched rewatched the movie last week and listened to your guys' coverage. Really look forward to the discussion around the series. Aaron used the word polar op- or opposite or mirror in the instant podcast, uh, re- talking about the world of the Watchmen. To me, this doesn't seem like a directly opposite type of situation. My current primary question is, how did the series of events in this world lead to a majority of cops in a town being black but still having a white sheriff? There's definitely some sort of inversion going on, but it's not a direct one. I guess I'm trying to figure out why we still have right-wing conservatism containing racism to an extremist level, but we now have the vast majority of cops being black. I mean, if we're being honest, I think those sentences make perfect sense. 
Like, yeah. if the majority of cops in this country were just instantly, like, if 75% of the cops in this country were black, like, today, in, like, overnight, or even over the course of the next five or ten years, it would absolutely inflame and piss off a mm. segment of our society that's already pretty inflamed and pissed off 24-7. Yeah. So, like, yeah, people would have a big problem with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... that's uh people having a big problem with with blacks becoming integrated in society is like the subtitle of america <laughs> yeah you know america people fighting really against fucked that up happening. with our race relationships you know yeah um i'm just trying to connect the keen act to the rorschach journal leak to the illusion of world peace because we avoided avoided certain death by alien squid creatures and the mass black cops now needing to wage war against the mask right-wing extremists i mean I, we 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 don't know. I think the big thing is like imagine. So you got a lot more black law enforcement. You've got this reparations reparations kind of thing where that's going to make you know already people think that like um, you know equal opportunity and things like the, the, those types of acts are already stacking the deck against whites. Yeah, affirmative actions. Like affirmative that. action. Now you're just going to just give handouts and not. The, the, they're not going to have to pay taxes. Um, you add that, and then you add to the fact that these people also believe, turns out correctly, that there's been a vast conspiracy to strip the world of its free will and, and lie to them to attain some kind of charade of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's... So, yeah, like, I the, the, the politics of the police, I think, are going to be really interesting to uncover. And, like, why was... If Judd's a bad guy, why was he a bad guy? Is he yeah. actually working for the 7th Cavalry? Is there... Or the 7th Cavalry kind of useful idiots for powerful government or corporations to exploit? That's mm-hmm. the stuff I think is going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to add? No. We'll see you about all this stuff in future weeks. Yeah. We'll be back, of course, every Sunday night after the 9 uh, p.m. airing of The Watchmen. We will be with our Instant Take podcast uh, that dovetails into our Instant Talk podcast. If you're a club member, you can watch both of those live and you can participate in the Instant Talk podcast. There's a link published several minutes before that goes live on baldmove.com. Check it out. Uh, if you'd like to send us feedback, you can do so at watchmen at baldmove.com or again, get on our forums, forums.baldmove.com. We'll be back next Sunday night for an instant talk and instant take podcast and next Tuesday for full coverage of episode two. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.